are now listening to the west side of T H A afterparty.com. Yo, 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 it's your boy Sneaky from RR, recognition and respect. Tune in every Monday from 8 to 9 to catch up with me and my adventures and hear from my guests, ranging from artists to entrepreneurs and much, much more. Catch us every Monday of the week on the west side of the after party. See you at the party, y'all. What's up, party people? How's everybody doing? Thank you for tuning in to another episode of Recognition and Respect on the west side of the after party. This show would not be possible without my sponsors coming through every week and hooking me up with um, cash, essentially, to uh, continue this beautiful operation. So shout out to my boy, Tony Grands, following his debut EP headshot, available everywhere hip-hop is sold or stream. LA's own Tony Grands is back with his second project, Potholes and Palm Trees. It's only six songs and comes in a little under 21 minutes. This means he gets right to business without a lot of filler and time wasting. Every rapper should be so astute. Produced entirely by Helsing Beats, a production team from Indonesia, the album has a unique tone and original vibration to it. If you enjoy hip-hop that doesn't sound like it rolled off the factory line 10 minutes ago, give Potholes and Palm Trees a spin or three. We're also brought to you by Knife Their Company a film, music, production, and booking company whose services include work with the film crew, Napalm Monkey Productions, and Flying Chimp Studios, live sound and recording by JQ Sound, studio recording and producer Frankie Valentine, Sneaky Entertainment and Consulting handles marketing and promotional needs, as well as throwing shows with other promoters such as Alternative Shows LA, Demise from the Blue Line District, and Deranged, and anybody else who's willing to work. So if y'all want to come out, Meet the team every second and fourth Wednesday. Night Flare sponsors the Blue Line District Van Slam Open Mic at the Stardust Club in Downey. So if you're trying to uh, meet the squad, throw shows, or just need to like debut your performance, get out front of a stage, try out some new material, comedy, rap, acoustic, whatever, just go out and just get in front of people, man. That's how it all starts. Uh, also brought to you by Awakening Authenticity, which is a blog website run by Sin Arias. She's a blogger vlogger for personal development, influencing and teaching people how to get back into alignment with the highest versions of themselves. She's currently working on a personal development book to be able to better help others and for more info check out her page. She was also a guest so go back and check out the past episodes on the podcast app or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, I'm also brought to you by Do Drop Delights the home of the Wake and Bake Bar, a THC-infused breakfast bar with oats, nuts, dried fruit, and chocolate, great in the morning with coffee or tea, perfect for on-the-go snack and pick-me-up, and comes in four awesome flavors. Um, Day One sponsors Midnight Motives. They're guests on episode 24. Their current album, Visions, is out on Spotify and iTunes, and they actually have a show coming up on the 25th of May at McGay's Sports Bar in Commerce on Washington and Atlantic. I'll be spinning and rapping. I'll be performing some new tracks with the band, and I have the homegirl Beatrix going to close out the night. It's going to be dope. Come through, drink up, drink specials, full kitchen, full bar, super dope shit. Um, La Clica Podcast, uh, also, past guest is now putting my podcast on Spotify and Samsung, Google Play, and like 20 other apps com- uh, on top of iTunes and uh, SoundCloud and everywhere else where I put it. So we're just getting the message out to more people. And uh, we're actually working on a deal right now to see if they're going to try to help me keep the podcast alive while I leave the after party. So I'll bring you more on that as the time gets closer and we actually lock that all in. Um, yeah, so that's my sponsors. Super thankful for all of you. Appreciate this journey that y'all helped me to go on and do a year's worth of radio shows at the after party. Um, I won't forget any of your contributions. And if you're sponsors from past shows, I'm actually going to work on like a little appreciation package thing for y'all too. So if you ever sponsored the show at one point or another, I'll be giving y'all a shout out soon. So thank you. And, uh, let's get into my show adventure time last week. I went to Milk Crate Mondays after last week's episode and I actually ran into my guest there and that's actually where I booked him. He was like, yo, man, I want to do more podcasts. And I was like, yeah, bro, I got an open date. And we're like, we're there. We were kind of wasted and smoked a lot of weed. So, you know, that's kind of how the conversation went. Um, so we'll get to that quick. But first, 
On Tuesday, I went to Bestie's Vegan Paradise to visit my homegirl's dear mama. Past episode from past guest from the episode. Ugh. Another past guest from the radio show. Sorry, I got a little tongue-tied. I was trying to get too quick. Um, they're there every Tuesday doing their pop-up outside of a 100% vegan um, grocery store, essentially. So I went there. I ate some tacos. I bought some vegan cheese, some vegan yogurt. I got uh, one of those microwavable meals because, you know, I'm on this new path. And it's hard to, like, find people that cater to this. So when you find that community, it's really dope to just, like, support, lock them in. So... If any of y'all are free tomorrow, drive over to Hollywood, check out Bessie's Vegan Paradise, visit Dear Mama. I might be there getting some food. Haven't decided yet, but that's the plan. Um, and then after that, I went to a Sela Festival meeting, the Sela Arts River Fest, and um, we started locking down uh, needs, stage needs, equipment needs, lights, camera, action, all that. Um, got Night Flare involved. I'll be curating DJs. Uh, I'm also trying to perform. There's also other avenues if you want to perform. I can send you a link to a submission form or if you want to be a vendor or if you want to just volunteer and be part of this historical event. It's our second year doing it down in the River Channel uh, through Hollowdale Park entrance. So if you're interested, reach out. I'll get you all connected. Uh, Thursday, I actually had the day off. And I took like a self-care day. I got a pedicure. I got a massage. I ate some all-you-can-eat vegan Chinese food. Mm -hmm. And I just kind of like slept early and rested up. Because Friday, we had our monthly hip-hop event, Speakeasy. Uh, hip-hop Sensations Takeover with Lady Bostris. Homegirl did a good job. Curated some dope acts. We had a good turnout. I think um, after 19 months, we're finally starting to get regulars and brand recognition. And people know that even if they haven't heard about it or if they don't know who's performing, that it's going to be a dope event. I had a lot of folks come in who are like, oh, who's rocking? I don't even know what's going on. I just know this shit cracks. So it's like, I'm glad we're getting to that point. Next month is my birthday month, and I'm putting together a pretty dope lineup, some heavy hitters as far as I'm concerned, uh, people I respect, people that move in the game dope. So if you haven't been to a speakeasy, make sure to come out next month because it's going to be sick. And if you have been, you already know what we're doing. So keep coming out, keep supporting the, supporting the space, and let us, you know, elevate this platform. Finally, uh, what did I do? Oh, yeah, so Saturday and Sunday... I did Golden Road Brunch, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m. Again, super dope. Um, what I like about that is that there's a lot of kids there, and since I'm hired to do EDM and, like, house music, they're all dancing. Like, their parents are super into it, being able to, like, have a beer and, like, watch their kid get all into it. Um, I had a father come up to me and tell me, like, yo, my daughter just woke up in the morning and said she wanted to go to the place with the DJ, and so we came over here. And so that's dope that, like, you know, sneaky becoming family friendly, getting like, you know, recognition outside of being fucked up at shows and rapping on stage. Now it's like I'm a fucking all purpose, you know, families, you know, brewery, all ages type shit. So it's just nice to expand my range and just really like get that kind of validation from folks. I've had people who spin in Hollywood go there and be like, yo, you're dope set. Here's my number. So it's just cool, man. Um, if y'all want to come out, I do get 50% off. I am allowed to give that discount out. So come by through brunch. It's already a discounted menu. Uh, they are, the drinks are already affordable, but with my 50% off, it's basically a steal. So come through, say what's up, support the space, and uh, keep it cracking. And that's pretty much it. Saturday night, I DJed a birthday party, and then Sunday night, I went to the East Los Art Walk and completely forgot to go to the Rose Bowl. And I'll tell you more about the Rose Bowl when I actually go and lock that in. I don't even know why I said that. But um, my guest, Shaco Spiel. Say what's up to the people, Shaco. Hello, people. So I actually <laughs> met you at the East Los Art Walk, right? Yeah, yeah. We met because uh, you, I think you booked uh, Il Samar. Yeah, and then she, she extended the invite, and I came through and rocked a little song. And I was like, I like this fool, so I'm going to book him more. <laughs> Hey, it, it, the feeling was mutual. Huh? All right, all right, all right. <laughs> so I'm going to start off this podcast like I do every other one. Uh, tell us who you are and what do you do, and you could be as literal or metaphorical as possible. Okay, for sure. I'm uh, Shaco Spiel. That's short for Shaquille Spielberg, and I'm from West Los Angeles, born and raised. Um, I represent for a crew called Black Noise from Pomona, and... I mean, the reason I'm from West L.A. rapping Pomona is because they were the first person, the first people to hear my, my music and say, hey, homie, you need to 
become a part of something bigger than just sitting around and showing people music, you know? And, um, yeah, uh, after, after I joined Black Noise, I started working with, with my boy, The Thought, and we created a duo called Anthro Lyricology. We got an album out, and, um, yeah. That's pretty much it. I, I spit hot fire. Hotter, <laughs> hotter than Dylan, homie. Fuck that fuck. Shit, a rapper. <laughs> yes, sir. Yes, sir. And you couldn't find nobody in L.A. who wanted to put you on? Or did the black noise just, like, snatch you up before I, anybody else got a chance? I, I, I feel like that might have been the case. But, but the truth is, when I met uh, everybody who was working with black noise, they were pretty much trying to do the same thing I was doing. They were just trying to work on making good music. And I feel like the people that I was working with before were focused on something different. You like know? what? Uh, more I mean, without a, calling anybody out, not to talk shit, just like what's your objective opinion of it, you know? Like flexing and stuff like that. and, and just Like more about the lifestyle than about exactly, the actual than art. supplementing the, the culture. Yeah, exactly. And and, and So they wanted to be SoundCloud rappers, essentially. I think that's what we call SoundCloud rappers. (laughs) It's like chasing clout, trying to be up, flashing watches they can't afford. Yeah, exactly. Leasing cars and shit, yeah. So actually, I wanted to talk to you about that whole IE LA thing. So do you feel like you're an IE rapper then? Because I feel like the, the IE, at least like from where I'm standing, my vantage point now, and like the scene and just how hip hop works in like our like local independent Mm -hmm. i feel like the ie actually has like some claim to like a movement where they have like a lot of dope rappers coming out of there oh yeah they have their own festivals out there so like do you feel like you're a part of that wave or are you like an la rapper who just happens to like work with those fools I'm, I'm gonna be honest with you. I feel like everybody's gonna assume that I'm from the IE until I'm on stage yelling West LA and shit and right. throwing up W's and shit. Right, right, <laughs> right, right, right. But I mean, it, it, as the audience gets bigger, they'll 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 get to know who I am and and they'll understand where I'm from and stuff like that. Cause I honestly I I, I like Pomona and I like kicking it out in the IE, but this is home. Right, right, I, right. I can't like yeah. It's I always feel like running back, so I I can't I can't really say that I'm. An IE rapper. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll go out there for shows and have rock you, that shit all have day. Have you done Black Tronica's event? The Mush, Mush, what's it called? Mush, Mush Up, Mush Mash, some shit. No, Pomona. I it's I on like the that. last Thursday of every month. I don't think I've done that one. I'm going to connect you with a homie because if you're out there anyway, you might as well be oh, doing you, all this shit. You already <laughs> know. <laughs> it's funny though because one of the things that we first talked about when I wanted to book you for my show, when I booked uh, Anthrolyricology, is that you don't get a lot of LA shows. Mm-hmm. Isn't that still the case? Uh, I'm actually the door is opening. I've kind of laid back on shows and and focused more on on finishing what I got on my plate because I I kind of slacked on that and let the work stack up. And I'm just trying to trying to get back to releasing stuff, you know. All right, well let me just take a little segue. I feel super rude. I didn't let you introduce no, no. yourself, my guy. <laughs> oh, you're over here on good. camera. You're like, who's the guy in the yellow shirt? <laughs> What's up, man? I'm DJ Micah. I represent West LA. And I managed Shaco Spill. We used to rock shows way before Black Noise. Shout out to Black Noise, by the way. Hell yeah. And thank you, Cheeky, for having me. Yeah, man. But yeah. Uh, I've been spinning for about 18, 19 years now, man. And just uh, maintaining it with Shaco and trying to create a little team here. All right, cool. You know? So are you helping him with this work that he's talking about needing to get back to? In terms of shows, I'd like to get him into a lot of the vinyl stuff. Because uh, I do a lot of Serato DJs, DJing as well. And I want him to get on and do like acts and shows. To do like a little bit of sets, basically, and however he wants to to rock with my beats and my instrumentals. See? This this my brother from another mother. So you're also you also producing for him too, or? Well, not we haven't got that far, but we will. But you do yeah, produce yeah, yeah. tracks as we, well. Yeah, we talked about that. Yeah, yeah. All right, but that's yeah. something you also do, like on the side, like if another artist hits you up and oh, want to get um, some tracks made by you. Yeah, definitely. But the thing is, I, I really want to focus more on Shaco now because I'm we're kind of building this time, this this team, I guess, this bond, rather. But yeah, eventually. So to you, I mean, is this like your first artist you're managing? Yeah, first first artist. So right here. what is your like? Uh, what's your philosophy? Like, what do you feel like your role is as a manager? You know, like what are you supposed to? What why, what are you helping him do that he wasn't doing before you came on board? Um, I feel like a lot of the shows that we weren't hitting, we weren't hitting together. I mean, uh, early on, we we rock shows together, but mm-hmm. we didn't have that communication. Like, yo, let's do a set together. And we kind of branched off. But now he came to me and he asked, like, why don't you manage me? So I feel like if I can get him in, in more, more of my um, gigs, then we can, like, branch off a little bit more. I, I feel like, honestly, that's that's 
the main he's booking shows where I need to be. Yeah. And I, I, I feel like he's the 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 record shops and the the real like hip hop venues. I've I've rocked shows with where the vibe doesn't really seem like people are there to listen to music. They're more right. just there to like drink or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. I, I, I'm trying to stop booking shows like that. I mean, it's 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 a double edged sword. You know what I mean? Because a lot of the spots where, as someone who throws shows, mm-hmm. a lot of the spots where you throw shows are usually bars. Yeah, right? yeah. And a lot sure. of the ways that you're able to continue to throw shows or even make money and to give artists or anything is based on bar numbers yeah, yeah right. so like you have to get people in there who are trying to drink oh no no, you know, no this is like the balance of like people who actually came to drink and the people who came to drink and enjoy the music it's exactly, like there's exactly. like you don't get you don't always get that full oh, spectrum right mm. sometimes you just attract the dude who came in for the five dollar ipas and the fucking the Pepe Pepe Lopez. Lopez. <laughs> <laughs> you know what i'm saying so uh I, I feel you though uh did you feel that way about speakeasy Oh no! Nah, but the motherfuckers there showed mad, and that's what I'm talking about. That's the, that's the kind of love that I'm trying to get from from shows, like people who, even if they're not there to fully be there for the show, everybody put their drinks down. Yeah. you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Like everybody their ears was like, perked up. Yeah, and they were like, yeah. Okay. People are like, they gave them the time. You that's know, what like. I'm saying. I, I feel like I feel like there's um there's an ambiance that I'm looking for. And, and I know that I've gotten it from record shops more, more than any other type of venue. The record shop people, they're really just, they're hanging on every word. Well, they're, they're like, they're there to listen. You yeah. go to a record shop, what are you trying to do? Buy a record? Exactly. You're trying to listen to the exactly. record, right? You're going to hear whatever, dig, find some shit you never exactly. heard of. That's, that's exactly. what it is, right? So what, so is that the main reason? Like what made you get to the point where you're like, I need a manager, and then you went to. Mike well, this like, man is ingrained. This man <laughs> is—he's definitely ingrained in the culture, and I feel like just attaching myself to an entity like him, it, it's gonna put me in all the right places because the people that he's rocking sets for want to hear my kind of music. Yeah. Right. So I, I feel like I'm—I I need to find that niche. I need to get in front of the right audience, and I feel like this. You this need to get a, your instrumentals on yeah. vinyl. Oh, yeah. We have a show. I booked a show with Milk Crate in June. I'm going to spin an all-vinyl set, and, and I talked to Fur. Shout out to Fur's. We want to get you to do a set as well, and he was he was I'm happy to have you on board. I'm with it. So I think all of us, and we've been to Milk Crate, I, I think you'd be a great a great asset to that because they're all hip-hop heads, man. Yeah, For the most part, yeah. For the most part, yeah. And all the – yeah, everybody who goes there either – Hip hop heads, or they go to hip hop shows, or they're just like super appreciative of hip hop culture, even if they're not right. like of themselves a hip hop head. They're like they know the cuts, you know. Yeah, exactly. Homie, I dropped the sixteen for the security guard, and he he hit me <laughs> with a cold sixteen, and I was just like, "You're like even the security guards <laughs> rap out here." Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, um, I want to talk about your writing process because obviously, like, I I dig your bars. I like I like what you bring. You know, I like the energy. I like the wordplay and metaphors and all that so like what's your process like do you are you the type of cat that has like a a notebook full of raps and you're just looking for beats to set them to or are you more like here's a fucking beat pack and you like go through and you're like oh i'm vibing with this one and you write to that you know what dog i have placed verses onto beats that that because when I write those verses, some some of the verses that I placed on beats that I now own and feel comfortable with that, I was pretty much just filling notebooks with stuff that I would write to to YouTube beats, you yeah. know, and like <clears throat> beats that had some some you know fame to them. Yeah, yeah, other other people's instrumentals. Exactly, and and I feel like as time went by, I had people offer me beats and. They were around the same BPMs, around the same type of energy. So I was like, oh, fuck it. Let me try this. And then once I tried it, it was like, oh, shit, it works. And I own this beat. So, you know, I feel like it, it, it was easier to jump at. But that, that feels dirty to me. I'm going to be honest with you. It does feel it, dirty. It never <laughs> feels like it quite fits, right? Mm-hmm. Like it always feels like the verse is like clashing with like exactly. it, it's never right in, in that beat's pocket. Because like, mm-hmm. you, you folded your words around the last beat. Yeah, yeah, you and know? you can make it fit. You can always make it fit, mm-hmm. right? If you mm-hmm. wrote it right. Yeah. But sometimes, like when you're spitting it, it just doesn't like doesn't, doesn't settle. Hit the same yeah, way, yeah, right? it doesn't settle. And and that's why I feel like the 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 best stuff that I write, 
is when somebody's like, hey, fool, I got a beat. And then they send me the beat and I, I hear it and I'm like, where's the notebook? Like yeah, that, yeah, yeah. that immediate feeling like, that no. That energy just it, like, psh, mm-hmm, connection, yeah. Exactly. And, and then it's effortless. Like I'm done with the first 16. And I don't want to, I don't want to say that, that I'm one of those rappers that's like, oh, dog, I create gold bars in like mm. 15 minutes. Like where, where they drop a 16 and a hook in 15 minutes. It does take me a little longer, and I think it's because of – it might be because of confidence. I feel like it's – it's what it is is the hesitation to not wanting to write something stupid. Right. I don't want – I want – I study that line Like no filler, times. no filler lines. Exactly. I'm sitting there until that line is right. You know what I'm saying? And, and I feel like the – that kind of, that could take time. That could take time away from from being able to actually move forward. Anyway. So how long have you been writing? Like how long have you been? How long have you been taking hip hop seriously as an art form? And were you like a poet pre hip hop? A lot. Of, I feel like a lot of MCs come out of poetry mm-hmm. before they realize that like hip hop is like poetry in motion type shit. Mm-hmm, so like, mm-hmm. what, what what was your journey like? It's a trip because I grew up on rock. All right, here same, we go. Same. Here, here we go. Here we go, dog. Here we go. I mean, you know, you know, right, I grew right. up on rock, dog. Yeah, yeah, dog. Yeah. Oh my God! Of course, see, you <laughs> rock that set. Oh man, you know what? This, you are a talented motherfucker to the fullest. Thank I mean, you. that that Thank shit you. was mind blowing. Appreciate it. But this is about you. Oh no, no, no <laughs> homie, homie. But what tripped me out is that I showed up to the art walk and saw you behind the tables, and I was like, oh, oh, sneaky spins. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, that's like, he, he, he spins. And then out of nowhere, he's like, hey, let's go uh, check out the band real quick. And we walk over with the band, and you grab the mic. And and then this, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dog, yeah. you rock that shit. Huh? Yeah. I mean, that shit was beautiful, dog. I, I have not felt that kind of energy from a live performance in a really long time. Well, if you're not booked on the 25th, Come down to McGay Sports Bar because I'll be doing like a couple of songs of the band, like some newer shit. So. Let's go, homie. Yeah, I'm with it. I, yeah, wait. What's up, dog? I, yeah, I'm down to rock this. If I ain't doing nothing. I'm, I'm down. Hey, oh, yeah. yeah. Shoot me your logo. All right, bet. Uh, I, I, I mean, I just got the flyer today, so homie's gonna be pissed if I make changes, but yeah, let's get you on. <laughs> Don't want to step on anyone's Nah, nah, nah. It's my show. Okay, Can sure. you rock controller? Yeah, I can rock controller. Because right, they already have it all set up, so I'm gonna take gear, so it's always oh, better if you could just like. Serato DJ that shit. That's what, That's what I like about McGay's, man. Not only do they have a legit system, it's managed by a DJ. Okay. So he's trying to book cool people, get everybody paid. Dope. He has he brought his own system and he leaves his controller there. So like so any like DJs, a house, a house yeah, you just show up, yeah. plug in, no no hassle, lights, stage, like the whole shit's there. So like if you're throwing a show. Yeah. Realistically, unless you want to do like a vinyl night, you yeah. could probably do like a whole show there without having to bring. Anything, any gear, yeah. mm, which really. like is fucking super convenient, you know? Yeah, because pulling that gear out the yeah, pad the is fucking kinda, speakers and the lights yeah. and now the it's, mixer it's, and the it's tables. A lot. It and takes now, a lot of And now energy. it's all done and I'm drunk and I gotta put all this shit away. <laughs> like, gotta go Brittany home, knows, gotta go minus the shit. drunk part, she knows, uh, no, she the, knows all about Breaking shit. down and, and getting back to your stuff is like the hardest part. Yeah, of and then you gotta go home yeah, and take man. it out of the car because someone might jack you. You know, like, yeah. Breaking windows to get some speakers off the whip and shit. Yeah, seriously, dog. Seriously. He's never having to meet thank god but i know friends oh, that have been oh, fucking robbed straight up dog the the producers that i've known like the when motherfuckers are making beautiful music and they say something like dog somebody jacked my laptop and my hard drive uh, yeah man. that that shit is like it's like losing a notebook dude exactly and, and I, i've lost a homie, couple i lost one notebook and it's the worst most traumatizing feeling on the yeah. planet so i'm I, never so doing I put that everything again. in my phone now it goes to the cloud i got it in my email like if i lose this shit i got all my bars still you know what fool i need to get with that that i used to type all my bars until i noticed how non-hesitant i was to type and delete you know what i'm saying like where I, i'll type a bar and i'll sit there with it for a little bit and i'll hit delete you know yeah I don't write shit down unless I'm sure. Because mm. there ain't no delete button, you know what right, I'm saying? Right, right. So it's just kind of like, yeah, that's the one. And, and, then, then, and then you keep going. <laughs> I guess for me, it's like all my old notebooks used to just have like scratch. Like this line is like garbage. <laughs> and you, write them, then you write in the new one, you're like, hold up. 
Yeah, okay. And then you're <laughs> rapping, you're like, no, fuck that word. Like, nah, I need an A right here. No, <laughs> I feel that because sometimes you need to fold around the pocket. Yeah, yeah. And you need to switch the the for a uh. And like, and or like, <laughs> like, this word has too many syllables, so let me use a, this, a word that means the same thing, but that's shorter. You know, mm-hmm. like shit mm-hmm. like that. Yeah. So we were talking about rock. Oh, all right, yeah. So we're talking I, about your journey about becoming a rapper. I grew up on rock. Growing up, I used to fucking turn Biggie and Tupac up on the radio. But then I don't know what it was. I guess it was the the homies that I was chilling with. They um they ended up listening to a lot of K Rock and stuff like that. And uh yeah, I picked up on the Blink one eighty twos and yeah, the yeah, system yeah. of a downs and, and kind of look like Surge a little bit. <laughs> thing with going the on. hair going on. You know what? You know what? Rage against the machine. And and it's funny because I get a lot of people to and that they were I don't consider them one of my influences, right. but a lot of people tell me that I, I kinda have a flow like his. Well that's one of the things that like I always have a hard time when people are like, Oh, who are your influences or what are your top five MCs? I'm like, uh Fred Durst. Like you know, like Limp Limp, yeah, yeah, I'm like Limp Biscuit, uh Lincoln Park, you know, because mm-hmm. like that's like pre yeah. pre me being into hip hop. Mm-hmm. I, I it's undeniable that these were some of the MCs who I was listening to, like Zach La Rocha and there fucking Bradley from Sublime, Sublime. and like yeah, even yeah. some Red Hot Chili Peppers, like his cadence, like he's obviously singing, has more of a voice, but like he'd be doing some fast shit. It's yeah, almost yeah. like he's rapping, you know? So a lot of my earliest influences were that, and then I feel like some of that just carried over into the hip hop. So I can't lie, dog. Bradley is the reason for my hook game. Yeah. Like, homie, I... Because I, you harmonized. Dog, like, those... That, man, Bradley, that, that dude was on another level. And I'm, I'm pissed off because the track, the, my most recent track that I released is called There They Went in, um, in tribute to, to, to Mac Miller. He's on the sample for the hook and shit. But, I mean, I, it, when I found that instrumental, it was... This dude from Russia who dropped the instrumental and he he did it as a tribute to Mac Miller, so he kept the the hook the way it was. And as soon as I heard it, I didn't really care if he was gonna let me have the beat or not. I just started writing to it. And once I had what I had written to it, I hit him up and I was like, "Hey, homie, we need to make a song because I made a real special song." And um, I think that's that's the main thing that I I tackled on there was was uh. What Mac Miller went through was, but through other people as well, like Jimi Hendrix, uh, Anna Nicole Smith, yeah. Howard Hughes, Pimp C, uh, Billy Mays, all these people. I feel like, I feel like they all, they flew too close to the sun. Icarus. Exactly, homie. They love getting high a little too much. Like, yeah, <laughs> y'all love getting high a little too much to where you gave your life to it, you know, and, and. I mean that's that's pretty much the message to the song is just realize what's important because in all reality you know Mac Miller was where he was because of effort and hard work and getting high and 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 getting fucked up that shit don't take effort that that ain't no hard work you know what I'm saying right and I feel like those are just hard work to maintain oh yeah but then you're sure. just maintaining you're not exactly. elevating you're not pushing the game anymore you're yeah. just you're trying to like keep it together. You're exactly. not like doing that next level shit that got it's you there in fucking, the first place. I, as much as I hate to admit it, Pepe Lopez, you are crazy glue. <laughs> 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 crazy glue, man. Eventually, some water is gonna hit that motherfucker and it's gonna fall apart. You know what I'm saying? And, yeah, yeah, and yeah. I, I feel like that's where that the inspiration for that song came from. It it came from me feeling like I could end up on that list. Right. If if I if I stop giving a fuck, you know, if I start feeding into Pepe, right, right, right. <laughs> no, and, and I mean, dude, like honestly, it's like uh, it's to be cliche, it's a slippery slope, you know. Oh yeah. Because I yeah. mean, I don't know how old you are, or how have you've had fucking issues with dr- drugs and addiction and shit. Drinking. That's yeah. That's the one. Yeah. That's the one. Well, the one. <laughs> I've had, I, I've had some situations with other things where it's like. I was like, I'm pretty sure I could have died, you know, like mm-hmm. just like the wrong move, you know, mm-hmm. wrong turn, fell asleep at the wrong time. Like I almost died, you know, like I talk about it in my songs. Um, Like one of the first times I ever did Xanax, I took like a whole bar after I drank a tall can and smoked a blunt and I tried Sheesh. to go home and I fell asleep. Mm-hmm. 
on the freeway, hit a semi-truck going 100 plus miles per hour, and like, cops didn't believe that I was the driver. They thought the driver bounced, because they were like, whoever's driving this car should be dead. Dead, yeah, yeah. And it was me driving the car. So I know, like, it's easy to go down that road and just not realize what you're doing or who you're with, right? Because a lot of it's who you're with, right? Who's the the homie who gave me the Zanny bar? Knowing I never done Xanax before after I just drank and, and smoked and like let me go home. Who's, exactly. Who's that, who's, who's that homie? You know, like who's that guy? We're still cool, but it's like we don't chill no more. You yeah, know what I mean? Yeah, like I don't hate him, right. but I'm just like no homie. Wasn't really looking out for my best interest. No. Wasn't being a good friend. You know. Yeah. And I'm pretty sure a lot of these people who you just mentioned had people in their circle. Who were you know like feed him that bullshit or just yeah. like ah oh, stop big dude you're, you're the champ you know you're yeah, good you're know. on top you're you're the man bro like they'll do a little more like you know why are you tripping or yeah the dealers are like whatever you know so <laughs> that's um, why opinions are like assholes even the nice ones dog <laughs> <laughs> so like I I've had those experiences and I know like it's tough man especially when like I mean imagine when you have nothing right. And you have excuses for why you're unhappy or why shit's hard. Right. And then imagine when you got everything and you don't know why you still feel that way. Yeah. Oh, like, there's celebrities that are still out there like that. I mean, they could be on the top but still, you know, not have it all in, inside within themselves. You know? Homie, that, that's why I say that intention is everything. If yeah. you don't know why you're doing what you're doing with, with your life and, and what you're doing for a living, if you don't have any kind of morality or integrity behind that, then, of course, any other thing that – that's what I was trying to tell the homie about about alcoholism. I was like, you know, it's funny because the reason I don't have a dad is because of alcoholism. My mom gave my dad the ultimatum. I'm sick of you showing up drunk as fuck and not knowing what to do at home. So you either stop drinking or you get right with your family. And my dad said – Peace, bitch. (laughs) So I feel like, and my dad started drinking habitually when he was 15. So a female that he had kids with is getting away of a brother. You know what I'm saying? Like, this is me and my brother. We've been together since 15 years old. Right, right, right. Like it's like so, old friend. Like, this is the homie. Yeah, it, I could run to this motherfucker for whatever. Thick and thin. <laughs> always been there. Never left. Exactly. Like, yeah. Probably the reason why I got you knocked up in the first place. <laughs> <laughs> Precisely, homie. You know I that's, that's what I'm saying. I, I feel like I, I completely understand where you could get lost in, in, especially when motherfuckers are handing you the drink. Right. Like, you're, you're like, over here, like, oh, homie, this is normal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? I mean, I kind of run into that now, like, DJing all the time at yeah. bars. People it's are like, serving you. Like, yeah, not only that, like, they kind of expect you to be a little twisted. They're mm-hmm. like, oh, you're sober? What's wrong, Loosen bro? Loosen up, dog. Yeah. Loosen up. Are you okay? Are you going to be able to rock tonight? Like, bro, I'm professional, but hand me a beer. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> yeah. Homie. It all depends on the profession, dog, because if you, if you think about it, like, all these motherfuckers that are making money from home, they get to sip that wine while they're chilling. You oh, know? I mean, and that's the American dream, dog. Dude, fuck, nah. fuck a pension. Look, fuck bro. a pension. It's about making money while you nap. Look, homie. <laughs> look. I've gone with my squad to a business meeting, you know, like in the AM. Mm-hmm. And then for lunch, we hit up the strip club and get food and drinks while looking at titties yeah. and then go home close the deal you know yeah. send up the invoice like yeah that's that's definitely the American dream <laughs> titties and money dog, dog titties they, and money they got us <laughs> fucked up homie on some real shit homie you know and you know you know coming from a background where the people the people who raised us are hard workers and all they know is how to teach us to work hard yeah 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 like homie there's so much the value of of, of your natural desires that it, it fucks me up that they that there's something wrong with that well i mean i was having a similar conversation about the 48 laws of power which i just recently started reading it's a good book mm-hmm. and uh my homie's like yo a lot of this shit doesn't make sense to me it's like counterintuitive it's not like it's a, it kind of goes against how we were raised and i'm like yeah because 
we come from indigenous cultures that had tight knit community where you, if you didn't keep it 100, you died. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You had to be like tribe will take you out. Yeah. You mm-hmm. had to be honest and hardworking and everybody did, but you know, other countries that developed quicker, you know, Europe, the middle East where they had land and royalty and courts. It's like a lot of the way those people moved in the world was, deception and trickery and flattery right. and like it was misery. easy to do so or you had to because mm-hmm. if you didn't move in those ways then you weren't going to survive yeah. so you just got like these two different types of thinking it's like obviously i don't think it's black and white yeah. you know you got to do it on a case-by-case basis but a lot of time like in the world we live in now it's like kings and queens, games of thrones type shit you know deception misdirection flattery like you, you know trying to like make sure you're Close enough to power so you have it, but not cl- too close that you get burned by it, you know? Yeah. Like, and so, and it's just because, like, our parents and their parents didn't live in that world. They mm. lived in, like, this community where everybody was family and you kind of, right. everybody, share, yeah, everybody yeah. was in everybody else's business and everybody knew how everybody just moved. And if you did some shady, you got shunned. Mm-hmm. You rape, you getting stoned by the whole community. Yeah, so now it's well, like, <laughs> now we're just in a different we live in a different world now where you got like you got to move differently you know yeah. you, you can't even what? trust your family sometimes dog I'm I, running back this right here reminds me of I need to explain my intention because I feel like my intention could be misread when it comes to making music yeah, and shit go for it so we were talking about rock alright so I came from a rock background where Rage Against the Machine System of a Down was pumping all this fuck the system into my head and it was making me really angry with uh, my natural environment, you know what I'm saying? My cousins that were going to college, my my uncles and aunts that owned, you know, construction businesses, and they were completely fine with what they were doing. But I don't know. I feel like I I I, I was. You mentioned black and white just now, dog, and I think. Black and white is important mm. in order to find balance, mm-hmm. but the see-through, homie, the shit you can't see, you know, I feel like that's that's the shit that counts. That's the shit that you need to catch on to. When you, w- there's a difference between staring at the sun and 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 looking at the sun through glass. You know what right. I'm saying? And and I feel like I feel like the the environment that we were amped up for was more of a see-through environment. Once you have that see-through ability, homie, it's kind of hard to black and white it. I'm sorry, like, you lost me. You got, you're going to have to elaborate because I, I, I feel like I know what you're trying to say, <laughs> but I'm not there with you right now. So what is this see-through environment? What's your natural environment? What was your beef with the construction companies and higher education? Like, what, what was... What, what? Natural energy, homie. The fact that we came from a people that felt that they needed to serve a purpose as opposed to, homie, my mom's the type of person to say, get a real job to a musician. But what's the first thing she does when she gets into the kitchen? Listen to music. She turns that radio the fuck up. Hmm. So why are you telling people who have a real job to get a real job? Why, Why are you telling... When in all reality, you appreciate their efforts, but the only reason you appreciate their efforts is because it's being shoved in your face. Well, I'm guessing you're Latino, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, so, I mean... Por vida. You got to understand, bro, like... <laughs> no se puede esconder. This is not a, real, it's not a real job to people. Yeah, it's not. I mean, no. this is how I pay my bills. It's not even a real job to me. You know what I mean? Like, this yeah. is not, like, most... And I guess that's it. It's just, like, they cared about you so much, you know? She's like, okay, what are the odds? Mm-hmm. You know, this is pre-internet, right? Or like early, early stages on. of the internet. Like, how many people make hit songs and end up on the radio? Mm-hmm. Well, in and this are, day you, and age? are you are you one of those people? You know what I mean? Like, are you gonna have that? So like, yeah, get a real job just in case. And that's the thing. Like, we we're all raised on like, yo, like you better Doing have better. that safety net. You know, you better make sure that you can pay your bills and that you can raise a family and you can buy a house because these are all the the checks you got to get mm-hmm. but like being happy and fucking creating beauty and yeah. it's not oh, those oh, are homie. things are not valued homie, you know there's a reason why when my mom put me into karate and i was like i want to paint 
She was like, no, you need karate. Nah, there's no paint. What the fuck is this paint shit? Like, and, and that's why you see, you see what I do, homie? I write on people's shit now. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we're going to let you catch a spot on the wall. Dog, I, I, homie, yeah. I, that is one of my – when my mom looked at me at 13 years old, that was two years after starting writing shit. Yeah. My mom said, this is a phase. But do you show her your sketches now? Because you – no, no, no. I started showing my mom my sketches when I was a little kid. And then when she was just kind of like, ¿Y cómo le vas a sacar provecho, güey? I was just like, I'm going to hit up Sneaky. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, He's got the network. Oh, man. <laughs> like, I'm, I'm supposed to really draw something that made me feel good. And I'm supposed to think about how, how I'm going to dirty it up with money. Yeah. Well, yeah. I mean, hey, dog. Cash rules everything around me, you know. Like it's, oh, at yeah, some point, yeah. like it's gotta happen. You gotta sell those records. You gotta sell that merch. So, but I want it to be. I want it to be. Pure. This is this is all right, dog. I need a good analogy, homie. Because what's a company that started off right, but then now we know them as garbage? Apple. Apple. Facebook. Circuit City. You want to take it oh, back? Oh, blockbuster. Boom. blockbuster! I'm trying to Best Buy it, not Circuit City. This bitch, you know. <laughs> what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying, homie? Hey, hey, homie, that that's what I'm saying. Like the 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 quality that goes into noticing something deeper than the see through. You know what I'm saying? That see through is so the see through is kind of what everybody does. The or what, what you're trained the, to do? The see-through is what everybody's making you fucking worry about, homie. The see-through, the see-through is the, hey, homie, you ain't doing shit with your life. Hurry the fuck up do, and go apply somewhere. <laughs> That's yeah. the see-through. That's the see-through. Because if so it, once it, you see through it, then what do you what, – I'm still – I'm lost on that. I don't understand see-through. Then Let's you not can, get caught up on it. No, though. no, no. So you can, you can pick black or white. Oh. You know what I'm saying? You can pick which side you pull towards harder. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Because it's either black or white. But in all reality, homie, once you move Well, I mean, it. I don't like to, I like to look at it as like, you know, the yin-yang, right? Mm -hmm. So it's oh, like balance. There, balance. there's a line, right? Mm -hmm. But if you were to zoom in mm -hmm. super deep, there's like an infinite amount of shades of gray. Okay. Where white, between that white, where white black, turns yeah. to black, there's mm -hmm. like an infinite amount of gray where you're just like, that's... To me, that's where real life happens. No, no. Like, and from that, afar, you could be like, oh, these people are bad. Those people are good. This company's right. bad. This company's good. But that's this where type you of form fuel is bad. This type of fuel is good. But in re all reality, is like you go deep enough in this shit. You know, you got fucking solar panels and wind farms killing birds at an like, <laughs> unbelievable rate. You know, so for all you environmentalists, we're killing wildlife with these fucking renewable it's just and that, that's probably like a stupid example but that's just no, kind of no, like the, the gray the gray area homie is where you fall that's your formula homie i can't look at you and say oh fool you got aids i got the cure for cancer you know what i'm saying <laughs> yeah, homie? Yeah, like yeah. like like it, we all come from a different place we all come from fuck the fact that a race can create one form of mentality homie the household creates that mentality your parents, the people that you grew up around, your brothers and sisters, those people, they're the ones that created you for the world. You right, know what I'm right, saying? Right. So I feel like that gray area, that beautiful gray area, because I feel completely where you're talking about, but I still do think that it's either black or white. You do fall a a along a gray area, but... I but you're gonna have to choose to go towards one or the other. Side or the other. You might never be one or the other. Exactly. But you gotta make a conscious choice. The more you notice the see-through, the more comfortable you are with the see-through. The closer you can get to the see-through. So what's your intention about music and right to show the see-through or to to look through it to get? I'm see-through all day, dog. I feel like I feel like my music is all fuck you. It's all suck my dick, motherfuckers. You know, and 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 without I, those words though. For yeah. The kids, no, no, no. Oh, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. That that the mentality. That mentality. I, I feel like I'm dropping it on a bigger plate. I'm dropping it in a bigger pot. Like those words are so simple, and you could hear those words every fucking day. But the truth is, there's a reason those words 
no human being is born thinking that kind of shit. Right. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So I feel like the the my intention when it comes to this shit, yeah, I'm, a, I'm a cold splash of water, homie. I'm a slap to the face. That's what I'm trying to be. I'm not I'm not trying to show people the positive side to life. I'm not trying to show people what it could be. I'm trying to show people what the fuck it is and what you should change. You know what I'm saying? Instead of I I, I firmly grasp onto the philosophy that that you could teach a human being more about themselves by asking questions than by pointing a finger at them. Of course. So I, I, I feel like that's that's where I'm coming at it from. I mean, that's how these conversations work out, right? Exactly. I didn't know where this interview was going to go or what we were going to talk about or how we were going to, you know, you just, you know, the more you say, the more I'm thinking like, oh, how do I feel about that? Where do I fall on that? You know, it's like bouncing off. It's like dynamic, you know? It's It's great. It's the beautiful gray area. It's gray as fuck, yeah. It's gray as fuck. Well, it's just hard because, like, some people just want to make these blanket generalizations about shit. And I get it. Like, in order to have conversations, you got to generalize, right? Mm -hmm. Right. But at the end of the day, you handle everything on a case-by-case basis. And when you zoom in, nothing really falls on black. Like, like some people do shady shit that had the best intentions and vice versa, you know? Like, Mm -hmm. it's all... It's always impact over intent, but like that intent is what makes it gray. Yeah. The exactly. impact is the black or white, but the intent is what makes it gray, you know? <laughs> oh my God, motherfucker. Right. We got 10 minutes. You still haven't told me how long you've been rapping for. Okay, so I started in 2011, and the way it started was I used to love to draw. I've been a graph writer, and I'm sorry to all the other graph writers that feel that I'm giving something up, but I write on people's shit, and y'all motherfuckers could come get me if you want. But I'm, I'm just, I'm letting y'all know that I started this shit off as a graph writer, not knowing that graffiti was a part of hip hop culture. So I was running around writing on people's shit for the whole half, for, for first half of my life. And then out of nowhere, I met a couple rappers, and these motherfuckers, but they were on some Jay-Z, you know, get the dirt off your shoulders type of swaggy, pretty type of music. And they were see-through. Thank you, <laughs> Thank Going back to that. Oh, my God. All right, yeah. <laughs> 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 All right, homie. So the first motherfucker that sat down with me and said, hey, homie, you need to write a fucking song was the homie Pete because I kept bringing him instrumentals. And I told him, I want to be a producer, dog. I want to be a producer eventually. And he told me, he was like, hey, homie, this instrumental is beautiful. I'm about to sit down with this shit for like two hours. I'm going to shoot you a notebook and a pen. You can do whatever the fuck you want with that. If you want, drop a piece, draw a character, do whatever the fuck you want. You can so write you were verse. making instrumentals? No, no, no. I was finding. I, that's all I was doing. I was pretty much... A DJ without equipment. So you wanted to be a producer, but you were finding other people's beats. Exactly. And showing them to the rap homies who were rapping. Who you were not producing for. Who was <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> I was 14. I didn't have, you know, I was a little kid. I didn't have nothing available. So what available. year was this? That year was 2008. I didn't start writing, writing. Yeah. Nah, I was 18. The first, the first, uh... Shit I wrote. But I knew I knew these homies when I was fourteen. They were they were making their music when I was going through high school and shit and I was just showing them uh beats all through high school. And then when I was eighteen is when I when I made the decision to want to become a producer, but I never really stepped forward to, to Produce, do that. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And I showed the homie a beat one day and he was like, Hey, I'ma sit down with this, so I'm gonna shoot you a notebook, you do whatever the fuck you want. And I wrote my first sixteen, which was about graffiti art. And um after I spit it for him, he was just like, hmm. I'm going to run that back. And he ran it back a few times, and then he looked at me, and he was like, you're, your you're a rapper, yeah. homie. He was like, you're, you're, you're spitting, dog. He was like, don't, don't let this go. And I didn't write another bar until 2011. So that was 2008 to 2011. Three years. Three years without writing shit. Because I was like, ha cool, bro. There's then you mad. go find you some more business. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was like, nah, there's mad rappers out here. I can't do shit, you know. And well, you're in West L.A., right? Homie, I think that's where the black and white, the see-through comes from, homie, where, where I'm talking about it. Like, we all have a beautiful value. Don't let that see-through create the black and white, you know. Like, see-through the motherfucker. Right. It's a beautiful, broad spectrum. Right. It's a gorgeous spectrum. But... 
if you ain't got a construction company, if you ain't doing something, if you ain't doing this, then that little music you making ain't shit. You're not successful. Right. Exactly. Quote, unquote, yeah. successful. Homie, and I think that's, if if I had started writing when I was 18, I feel like I, I, I'd be on another level right now. But I didn't believe in myself enough to start until 2011. And then you were talking about taking it seriously. I didn't start really taking it seriously as like the potential career that I feel I have now until 2016. So like three years ago. Exactly. Um, and now you're trying to like push. Really you got, you got a, you're working on a record right now. Mm-hmm. You're trying to book shows at mm-hmm. record shops mm-hmm. where people actually listen to exactly. your bars. You're on this podcast. I'm yeah. going to get you on VIP and La Clica. Hey, you know me? <laughs> and uh, anything else you have coming up? Um, Shows. Oh, you know what, dog? On the seventeenth, we're opening for AFRO. Okay. You know that motherfucker be spitting That's some cold flames. <laughs> the seventeenth of what? Uh, uh May. May seventeenth, um, Friday. And I'm not this exactly Friday. sure on the location, but wherever the fuck AFRO is performing on the seventeenth, we opening for that motherfucker. Well, when you find out, shoot it to me, and I'll put it on my IG. Copy so, that. And I'll Copy put that. it in the uh, the notes of the show. Copy so that. Let's do it. Get it, it out. Uh, how much time we got left? Five minutes. All right. Great having the conversation with you. I'm going to do my little outro, and then we're going to come back to talk about your song that we're going to go out with. business, brother. Good shit, brother. <laughs> Thank you all for coming out. Thank you for having us. Hell yeah. yeah. All right, y'all. Awesome conversation with Shaco. Uh, tomorrow night, Novocaine Bar, 9 p.m. to 2 a.m. I'm actually going to be doing a emo night event where I'm playing nothing but classic rock. 90s alternative and 2000s emo screamo shit. So if you have nothing to do tomorrow, come out and be a sad girl crying right there. <laughs> Singing Coldplay in the used and Let's shit. Get so it, come it. It's funny because last, last time I did it, my homie like came to see me and then he was he came on the show after, and I was like, yeah, I'm out there crying. He's like, bro, when I walked in, you were, like, legit crying, bro. Like, <laughs> like it's not a lie. Like, ain't no fucking game. You gotta cry. Hey, dog. Trying to get rid of past traumas, you know? Gotta cry it out sometimes. Go back to that little kid who used to, like, take showers in the dark and listen to fucking Boom, audio man. play, bro. Um, you a rocker, emo night, Novocaine bar, and then Saturday and Sunday, I do brunch at Golden Road, 11 a.m. to 3 p.m., and Saturday night, I'll be at Indie DJing. I'm trying to get some vendors. Super last minute. Been super busy. Haven't really planned it out. But sorry, Connor. It's going to go down. Um, and then, yeah, brunch on Sunday. I want that, dog. Gonna, I want that. Hey, come out. It's on your side of town, kind of. Hell Glendale, yeah. Outwater area. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, hey, what's up, dog? What's up? Uh, yeah, San Fernando Road. <laughs> okay. Hey, we doing it. And then uh, Sunday night, I'm recording a guest podcast on La Clica. So we'll talk more about that when I get back on Monday. What's this song called and what's it about? Uh, this song is called There They Went. And oh, the, the one re- you were talking about. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The reason I called it There They Went is because the sample that they use for the hook is off of a Mac Miller song called Here We Go. So Deep. Damn. You feel me? And there <laughs> they went. Yes, sir. It's uh, How much time we got left? Two minutes. Um, I feel like... It's a bummer when people like that die, huh? Oh, like God. I didn't even know the cat. I wasn't a huge fan. Like exactly, yeah. I had I heard the same. Place, I had so. heard a couple songs here and there. I knew yeah. he was dope, but I wasn't like really into his music. Yeah, but then, like, nobody was expecting him to die. Homie died, and I'm just like, yo, like now it feels whack for me to even go back and listen to it because I yeah. feel like like a poser or like everything. I'm gonna hear everything. And it's gonna be kind of tainted with this sadness of like knowing. Like, every time he talks about death, I'm going to be like, oh, this fool knew. You know, it's like right. some weird prophecy Ooh, shit. His last album was called Self Care. Yeah, no. That was like the song that got me That's into it. him, too. My homie, my one of my producers was like, yo, you fucking Mac Miller? I'm like, nah, not really. Then I like, check out this song, and I was like, whoa. Dog, Whoa. we de- we definitely came from the same angle when it comes to Mac Miller because I was never a fan of his of his music like Dude, that. Even Nipsey Hustle, man. Like I had a chance to catch him on campus when I worked at UC San Diego, and or I was actually going to school there. Yeah, I would have been able to get in VIP, and in my head, I was like, oh, I'll catch him later in LA. You know, fucking mm. real shit. Just never happened, bro. It's just like a bummer. Like it is. And dog. like he he's another one like. 
I, you know, uh, Crenshaw was a big deal for me when it came out, but everything before then, after then, I wasn't really super into Nipsey Hussle, but I yeah. knew about his life, like his work, mm-hmm. what he was doing in the hood. Yeah, exactly. That's how I knew him more. And damn, that shit was unreal. Still oh, yeah. kind of not yeah. real. I think exactly. that grind kind of overpowered a lot of what he was doing for that span of 10 years. And just doing a lot of mixtapes and then selling it for like a thousand dollars, gain that recognition. Right, that's mm. and that's the one. That's the one that like got me on him. But then I kind of like wasn't really following his mainstream stuff. I was more following like his community work, community and work, yeah. anti gentrification, all that. So it's and like, you seem like that. So you seem like you you're trying. You're looking for something bigger, dog. I mean, I'm definitely trying to buy the plaza on the corner of Hope Ooh, and State. I want to turn Pops Burgers into like a vegan friendly, you know, fucking co- like community health spot. There's the juice spots already there, so I can just get them more on board with like fresh produce farmers. You know, I got plans, man. Yeah, yeah, I'm yeah, trying yeah, to buy some apartment buildings and put some artists up and some rent control shit so dope. they could use the studio like you know, like the rent will include access to all the shit. Yeah. Oh, all right. See, that's that's why. Don't let them know, motherfucker. Come on, fuck, dog. Yo, here's the blueprint. Go <laughs> and do it so I don't have to, dog. Shit. <laughs> Boom, motherfucker. Uh, Honestly, I feel like now that Nip's gone, it's like it, we even have more. It's more on us yeah. to yeah. do shit. Straight up. Straight Who up. else going to do it? Yeah. All the yeah. icons are going out. Mm-hmm. Flying too close to the sun, bro. Icarus it up. Icarus, <laughs> All right. There they went. There they went, bro. Uh, is it out already? It's out already. SoundCloud. It's uh, Actually, it's a SoundCloud exclusive. Okay. Because so, so, of the sample, huh? Uh, yeah, I'm not trying to risk nothing. Most of my tapes are SoundCloud exclusives. Because <laughs> I can't. It's, it's produced by Funky Waves, which is, uh, he's from Russia. Okay. And that, that yeah, that dude is, man. Cool. <laughs> hey, well, it's been fun. Catch me at the Novocaine tomorrow. Follow me, Sneaky ENT. Oh, uh, Instagram handles. Oh, oh, there you go. go uh, S H A K O S P E E L. Shaco Spiel. That's short for Shaquille Spielberg, motherfuckers. Hey, I got a simple one. DJ underscore Miker. That's it. Miker. How do you spell Miker? M I K E R. Okay. And I'm Sneaky ENT. That's S H N E A K Y E N T. You've been tuned in to Recognition Respect on the west side of the after party. And I'll see y'all next week on Monday from 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. Hey. Love y'all. Brittany, take us out. Yeah. Play it safe, y'all. Jimmy, Philly Hopman in this wine house to climb out. Pick your poison and let me find out. Michael, Jack, Brittany, Murphy, and Nicole gave up their soul. Kept that guilty pleasure out of control. Made OD, BOD on that coke. Good leaf, so keep your nose cleaner. End up with a no from me. How you do is not correlated to power moves. Don't believe me, you could direct your questions at how it used. Or pimp C, codeine till he empty. Permanent promethazine dreaming. Hit the big sleep. Sleep. Billy Mays no longer rich, but he famous. He left some powder on the table along with everything he came with. I got to tell his sad story. Put the flash on me. Tired of living fast. Had to crash. That's too bad for me. Don't let the weight of the world destroy your shoulders. In case you need examples, consult with Mr. Morrison. Life is beautiful enough to live it sober I guess some of us ain't satisfied until the wait is over Heath Ledger could not defeat the pressure Like Joplin, Pollock, and Presley falling out to feel better
D.D. Ramon, Lil Peep and Mac Million left legacies behind But never will they live again Too soon is what they yelling at the funeral of anybody Sucking on a never-ending Tootsie Roll Come on, Prince Why you turn that love deadly? Now you get the chance to play all day with Tom Petty Keep your mind ready to crumble underweight Mentally healthy, if not for God, then for goodness sake Miss Houston couldn't stay alive despite his talent A right turner stuffing his nose while eating salad Lord knows it's hard for the greats to find balance Hope you find yours before you meet with Jesus Christ Allen. Christ Allen. Christ Allen. Christ Allen. Christ Allen. Christ Allen.